Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, I've been very good, thank you, mate. Cheltenham fever has coursed through my nostrils and into my veins. So, yeah, it's a, a very exciting week. Thank you. I'm glad to hear. And last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, the Spurs roller coaster is on the way down once again. How are you feeling after that show against Manchester United on Saturday night? Yeah, look, we've just lost. I think we must be uh, must be due a win, given that we've just lost. So, um, yeah, it's it's just mental to be a Spurs fan at the moment. Obviously, all these ups and downs, but, uh, you know, life goes on. So, yeah, looking forward to this show. Yes, life goes on. This show goes on. And the intros are now out of the way. So let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's start with the Premier League outright odds, which will have changed somewhat after Monday evening. Now, James, Man City have now lengthened ever so slightly to 4-11 to 11 on. Now, would you still be backing Pep's men to do it all over again? Or are you no longer nailing those colours to your mast? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be backing them at that price, but I do still fancy them to get over the line. Um, I think they'll avoid defeat against Liverpool when they do meet at the Etihad in April. And I think the Reds will slip up a little bit further down the line. They've still got to face the likes of Spurs, Manchester United, as well as an informed Newcastle side as well. And if City were in sort of four to six territory, I probably would be tempted. But four to 11 certainly isn't value. And the same could be said for Liverpool at pretty skinny two to one. So Perhaps the turn of the bookies to hedge their bets a little when it comes to the title winner odds, for sure. Well, that brings me on to Jamie, because, Jamie, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Hours from now, Arsenal play to Liverpool, so this could all change quite easily in terms of the odds. At the time of recording, the Reds are currently 2-1 to one to win the Premier League. If they can clear that North London hurdle, can you see the market moving in their favour? Yeah, look, I, th- I think this is definitely going to be an interesting one. I mean, look, given Arsenal's form, of course, they've won all of their last five matches. So they enter this game in with you know real optimism that they can get something from this game. I think the big thing, though, will be that um, kind of Arsenal's games, you could argue that they haven't really beaten anyone of note recently. And of course, each game has been a week in between each match, you know, but now they've got the factor of having just played at the weekend got a now midweek game so I'll be interested to see kind of how Arsenal get on um, now that they have kind of a midweek match and you know they, they don't have five you know five to six days to prepare for a game so that will definitely be interesting but I, I think Liverpool they'll want a big response they'll be so up for this match um, and ultimately I do think that Liverpool will just about get this one done in the end. Yeah, I don't know. It could be one of those weeks in the race of the Premier League. You know sometimes you just get one team slips up and then you think the other team's going to take advantage and then they slip up. You know, there's got to be a twist or a turn somewhere. I don't think it's going to be as plain sailing as these teams just keep going all the way to the end of the season. I know Man City drew on Monday night, but you kind of think sometimes two slip-ups happen in the same week and we are as we are. But, of course, I could be wrong and it could be Liverpool full steam ahead for that April 10th clash at the Etihad. 
Now, both teams are in FA Cup action this weekend, and we're going to get to that later in the show. So before we do, there's a rather curtailed Premier League programme, shall we say, to also deal with, and that's our focus in this opening segment. So first up, we're going to go to Goodison Park and our very good friends Everton. So, James, they give us plenty of mileage during the first eight episodes of this show. What do you make of their hopes against Newcastle on Thursday night? Well, I can't say I give them a great deal of hope, to be honest. They'll rubbish against Wolves at the weekend. Can't really say I'm too surprised at the lack of impact from Frank Lampard. I thought it was a risky appointment. And Newcastle just on a completely different trajectory at the minute. One club appears to be going somewhere and the other, well, they appear to be going to the Championship at this rate. And I'm all over Newcastle here at 11-5 to for the win. Double chance, maybe a touch too short for some at 8-13 for the away win or draw. But with Everton struggling for goals, it's difficult to see how they can outscore a visiting side who have scored at least twice in three of the last four games and run very unlucky as well not to come away with anything against Chelsea last time out. James, you've stunned me. You're thumbing your nose up at a double chance. You love a double chance. Is it not tempting enough? I'm keeping my powder dry for a little later in the podcast. Don't you worry. I see. I see where this is going. So, Jamie, the Toffees are now 2-1 to one to get relegated at the end of the season. Now, that's almost past the point of capturing any real value. When you consider, even when we started this show, I think they were 5-1 to one and they've just quietly, well, not even quietly, just gone down and down each week. Two to one. So you look at that end of season running. Although there's no real value attached to it, it might not be the worst bet you play between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I still find it very difficult to kind of um, really see Everton going down just because they're such a big club. So um, yeah, even to just say Everton going down just seems like a, a really long shot still. But um, I, I, I still argue a lot of their fixtures. They've got some winnable games in there. I mean, I look at obviously Newcastle at home. You'd think that that should be a game that they should be winning. A club like Everton. Uh, should be winning that. They've got to play Burnley, Watford, Leicester, Palace and Brentford at home. So th- there's games in there where I think they can pick up points. The big problem is right now, they just don't look like doing that. And, that, and that's kind of where their real issues are. They just don't look like a side that really know how they're going to stay up in this division. Of course, we sw- spoke last week about Frank Lampard. Was he re- the right choice? Of course, coming into a, uh, a relegation battle, is he a guy that has that experience of keeping teams up? I just... He doesn't look like he, you know, he's got that know-how. Defensively, they have just been so poor. I think that that's where ultimately they are really going to get hurt this season in terms of they just don't have that quality in defence. Um, as I said last week as well, when I saw them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when we beat them and Spurs beat them five 0 it was, you know, it was one of the worst sides that I've seen at Spurs this season. Of course, I've seen Watford and, and Norwich play there, so it's it's really quite damning. And then, of course. You know, Watford, they do look like they're kind of on the up at the moment. They, of course, won 2-1 at Southampton on the weekend and there could be potential for them to to start climbing out of that uh, that bottom three. But I do look at that bottom three still and I, I do think that it is starting to really take shape. And I think that maybe those three teams that are currently in it, in, in Norwich, Watford and Burnley, they probably will be the three sides to go down, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the evidence of player personnel in those squads, the bottom three and Everton. Everton, on paper, do have the right mix of players, at least, to get themselves 17th at absolute worst. However, football games aren't won on paper, and Everton aren't winning football matches. Yes, they've got three games in hand before recording, but what's to say they're going to get any points? If they get even just one or two, that's going to help them massively. I think the fact that Burnley have slipped up, what, three defeats in a row now, has done Everton something of a huge favour. But now Watford find themselves in the mix. So it's not a case of just Everton looking over their shoulder with one team. It's now a couple. So really, there is a lot riding on this Thursday night clash with Newcastle because if they slip up here, it's only going to create more of a maelstrom of disaster around Goodison Park. They already got booed off 
on Sunday, and then you kind of do wonder, is Frank really the right man for the job? But, you know, they can't sack him between now and, and May, so they're going to have to stick with Lampard at least, but it's going to be a fascinating end of this season, which takes us nicely to Friday night now, because Wolves, they host to Leeds at Molyneux, and James, Wolves return to winning ways at the weekend with a impressive, well, actually, Two wins in a week, actually. Even more impressive. They beat Watford 4-0, and then they beat Everton, as we just mentioned, on the Sunday. So six points from six. Can they get more of the same when they play host to Jesse Marsh's men at the weekend? I'm sure they can. and They won't fear facing Leeds, despite that victory for the Yorkshiremen against Norwich last time. Our Wolves actually have a really good recent record against Leeds. It's five wins in the last six, and it would have been a 100% record if it wasn't for that late Rodrigo penalty to save a point for the hosts at Ellen Road in the reverse fixture. The previous two Premier League meetings were 1-0 wins for Wolves, so there's perhaps a theory that their style is a perfect kryptonite for this high-energy lead side. So I'm going to back the home win to nil here at odds of 3-1, to one. but if you don't like that, a Wolves win on its own looks hugely overpriced to me at 5-4, to four, so comfortably better than even money. Yeah, I like the look of Wolves to nil because, again, you know they are less than generous at the best of times. They've got their tails back up after two successive league wins. Leeds, yes, they had that dramatic win against Norwich, but you have to remember it was against Norwich. Yes, it was high drama, and yes, it was a huge win in the context of the bottom three, but it was against a team which is really struggling at the bottom. But Jamie, in terms of Leeds in general, not just at the weekend, with that dramatic win over Norwich, as we've just mentioned, their relegation odds are now 15-8 to eight at the time of recording. Do we have to be somewhat careful here? Because when you consider that only a few teams are playing this weekend... They're going to be playing one game more. So if they don't win or get a point, that's going to probably tip the favour in terms of their mm. rivals. So even just a point, is that going to be huge for them at the weekend? Yeah, I, I think definitely a point in this one will be a, a great result for them. As we said, you know, Wolves, they are on a run of two straight wins. They are a side that looking really good at the moment as well. So um, and, and then, of course, they are pushing for Europe still. So I think if Leeds were to get anything from that, that would be huge. And but. I think to build on a win like that on the weekend, yes, it was only against Norwich, and and but I think in the circumstances, you know, given it was Ellen Road, it just felt like such a, a huge win for them, especially given they did it so late on. So if they can at all build on that, I think it would give them huge confidence. Um, of course, they're only four points clear of the bottom three, so if they were to get any, you know, any further clear, I think that that would really give them the confidence to to really kind of kick on and and, and stay clear of that bottom three, but. I think this is, is this will be a very tough trip for them. You know, Wolves are a side who are great defensively. Um, they don't score many goals, but they do have goals in them. So, and then of course you, you look at uh, Leeds' injury record. Still, you know, they've still got no Calvin Phillips, no Cooper, uh, no Cooper, and of course Rodrigo. He's a doubt for the match as well now. So, um, I think ultimately it kind of it stacks up in there. You know, in Wolves' favour to win this one, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely back in Wolves to win. Okay, then where should we go next? Actually, let's do some bet building. We tried that last week. We didn't quite get it over the line. There was too many goals at Old Trafford. But we go again because now we're going to go to Villa Park as Aston Villa play host to Arsenal this weekend. And James, I'm going to start with you. Once again, I would like an anytime goal scorer. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Arsenal playmaker Martin Odegaard. He scored in Arsenal's last away game at Watford, I think it was. And he's just in superb, superb form. He was brilliant against Leicester despite not getting on the score sheet. So he's likely to be at the heart of anything good for the Gunners in the West Midlands. OK, then. And Jamie, this week I'd like you to go over, under on the goals. What have you got for me? 
Yep, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals for this one. Um, Arsenal's away matches, they've averaged 3.75 goals uh, per game. So, you know, certainly shows kind of the right trend there. You know, Villa's, Villa have managed nearly two goals a game uh, this season at Villa Park as well. So they're a side that's shown they can score goals at home. Uh, 18 of the last 25 meetings between the two sides have ended with over 2.5 goals as well. And then, of course, you look at kind of the informed players of both sides. You've got Coutinho um, and Ollie Watkins, of course, both scoring goals at the moment for Villa. And then, of course, with Arsenal, you know, there's very well documented how well some of their players are doing, the likes of uh, Saka and Martinelli. So they've both teams have got goals in them for sure. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals for this one. A good shout. I'm going to go with corners this week. Mix it up a bit. I'm going to go with under 10 corners. I just think it's a nice round number, isn't it? And usually you don't get much more than 10 corners, if at all. So I think that's a nice baseline number to work with. Okay, then. Just to recap, we've gone for Martin Odegaard to score any time. We've gone for over 2.5 goals at Villa Park and also under 10 corners. And that pays out just under 3-1. to one. So if you put a fiver in, you get £20 back with our bet builder. And if you do that one, best of luck. OK, let's have a quick chat about the game itself. James, Aston Villa's impressive winning run came to an end at the weekend. But what will be the tail of the tape at the West Midlands this weekend? Well, there hasn't been too much between them when it comes to wins since Villa returned to the Premier League. In fact, they've had the better of things over Arsenal. They've won three and lost two of the five meetings since they've been back in the top flight. But Stephen Gerrard's men haven't been brilliant at Villa Park this season. Just three wins in the last ten at home and just two clean sheets as well. They came against... Brighton and Southampton. Arsenal, meanwhile, have won the last four on the road after losing their previous three away games. So naturally, this isn't a particularly easy call, but I do think we're in for goals. Uh, over 2.5 is just shy of evens. But if I was to go one way or the other on a win, I'd have to go with Arsenal. I think Mikel Arteta's doing a tremendous job over there and they're just in a groove at present. So the away win and both teams have scored double is, let's say, a tentative selection here for me of 10 to 3. I like it. Tentative, but fun all the same. Jamie, if we leapfrog to the weekend... Regardless of what Arsenal do on Wednesday, we can still say that they are in good form in the Premier League. So, result aside, have you got any goal-based bets that take your fancy before the weekend? Yeah, I've gone for anytime goal scorers, actually. Um, I've gone in a slightly different direction to James. I've gone for Coutinho at any time to score. I think that he is, you know, he's just been a fantastic signing for Aston Villa. I'd say even a shrewd bit of business, really, because I think a lot of top teams would have benefited from having Coutinho in their side. So they've done very well. Uh, anytime goal scorer for Coutinho at 10 to 3, or um, I think Saka as well is another great shout for an anytime goal scorer, 11 to 4 for him to score anytime. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're both players that are banging form at the moment. They've both scored twice in the last four matches. So I think they're, they're two players that are definitely capable of scoring goals. Um, so yeah, Coutinho or, or, or Saka to score any time. Good shouts there. Right, let's move on to our long shot, Acker now. Once again, Watford, where did that come from? Another 5-1 to one winner for me. Now, if I bet on singles, just across long shots from the start of the series to today, I think I'd be in profit, just. But it's not just about me, it's about us as a team. So once again, we're going to combine forces and see what we can do in terms of a long shot, Acker. Once again, it's picked something between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one for this weekend. James, what have you got for me? Well, I think it's last chance saloon for Derby in their battle against the drop this weekend. They simply have to beat Coventry at Pride Park. And I think 2-1 to one for the home win is pretty good value. The Rams have won six of the last eight at home. Coventry have had some poor results on the road in recent weeks. And they also haven't won a Derby since the Sugar Babes topped the UK charts <laughs> back in October 2003. So, yeah, that's my long shot for the weekend. Dan, a bit of musical trivia for good measure. Don't say I don't spoil you. There's not enough of that. Maybe we could have that weekly kind of like... Yeah. 
the odds are attached to a number one shot here. Who knows? But, Jamie, what have you got for me, mate? Uh, yes, I've gone for uh, Brentford to get a draw away at uh, Leicester on the weekend, of course, uh, five to two. Um, as I said, look, Brentford, I think they've been, um, you know, really improved over recent weeks. Yes, of course, they only have beaten Norwich and Burnley, but I think the two performances were really impressive. Of course, you look at the two players in those games who really affected those games. Ericsson, again, another player who I think looks like are going to be a good signing for Brentford. Um, he's been very influential in, in his uh, performances for them so far. And then, of course, Ivan Tony back amongst the goals. And, you know, he's right up there in terms of the Premier League goal scorers this season. So I think having those two players is going to be big for them. Um, and I've gone for them to earn a draw at Leicester uh, on the weekend. OK, then I'm going to go back to Serie A and I'm going to go back to Genoa. Now, when I spoke about them two weeks ago, they'd drawn five in a row. They've now drawn seven in a row. They just keep drawing this team. They surely have to win soon. Now, there's been no win in 26 league matches. They've had just one win all season. 55% of the league matches are drawn this season. So, obviously, points to another draw. But surely, surely the chain has to break at home to Torino. So, they're 23-10 to 10 to do so. I don't know what happens if they get an eighth draw. This is phenomenal. I don't know what the record streak is for draws in the big five leagues across Europe, but it's getting quite silly now. If they had any cutting edge, they'd be well clear of the relegation zone. They don't lose, they just don't win. So hopefully that is finally the case at the weekend. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, two more Premier League matches to focus on now because we've only got two more Premier League matches to focus on. But the first of those takes us to the King Power Stadium as Leicester play host to Brentford. And James, the Foxes were out Fox against Arsenal last weekend. Can they return to winning ways this Sunday? Um, my gut tells me that they will, but my gut also tells me to stop eating kebabs. So my tendency <laughs> to listen to said gut is at the very best inconsistent. But yeah, I think those back-to-back wins for Brentford just takes the pressure off them a bit. While I think Leicester have a little bit of unfinished Premier League business. We haven't seen their true selves often enough, so I think Brendan Rodgers will be keen to finish this season strongly. It's just one defeat in 11 at the King Power for Leicester and only one away winning 10 in the Prem for Brentford. So this might be one of those rare occasions that I exercise some form of logic and go for a home winner. What is a decent price, actually, at 23-20? to 20? OK, then, Jamie, of course... Before that Premier League clash, we shouldn't forget that Leicester are also in Europa Conference League action on Thursday. A 2-0 lead over Rennes is in their back pocket from the first leg. Would you be confident of them getting the job done on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, look, they face a, a strong Rennes side, though. I think they're, you know, Rennes, they're going very well in Liga at the moment. Uh, they've won all of their last four matches. They got a big win against Lyon away at the weekend. They won 4-2 against them. Um, but I'd say, given that Leicester have that two-goal advantage, um, and I think Leicester, they're still a fairly strong side at the moment as well. So I, I just think Ian Acho's late goal um, at the King Power will kind of just about get them over the line, definitely in this one. So I think Rennes will give them a strong match. I think they could even win this one, but I think ultimately Leicester will just about get over the line in this tie. And James, if we pivot back to the weekend, Ivan Tony is in red-hot form at the moment. Five goals in two Premier League matches. Would you fancy a bit of any-time action on the Brentford forward this Sunday? Well, if, if Ivan Tony had his run of form a few weeks ago, then I'd almost certainly have said yes. But Leicester have tightened up the defence it had in recent weeks. They've had three clean sheets in the last four. And I think half the battle with Ivan Tony is making sure they don't give him a penalty. But, you know, that said, if you do fancy golf for Tony, it's available at a pretty decent price, actually. You can get him at 9-5, to five, so just shy of 2-1. to one. I mean, it's incredible how Christian Eriksen is laying on goals for Ivan Tony. If you were the most ardent Brentford fan at the start of the season, I don't think that combination would even enter your mind. But 
Football is fascinating. It's a strange beast at the best of times. And it's also fantastic to see Christian Eriksen in the Denmark squad for the international break, which is coming up very soon. So on behalf of everyone here, I'm sure we say congratulations to Christian on his international return. But Jamie, in terms of a return, Jamie Vardy had a very brief one for Leicester against Burnley, but now he's injured again. So the injury list at the King Power seems to be getting no real shorter. Could his likely absence once again be a factor this weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, I backed them in my long shot, uh, Brentford, to kind of go and get a result at the King Power Stadium. For me, I think what will be probably the biggest influence on Brentford potentially getting a result will, will be that uh, Leicester kind of generally struggled after they've played in Europa League um, on a Thursday. They drew, they've drawn with Palace, they've drawn with Leeds, they've lost to uh, Wolves. Um, and then, of course, they have gone two wins after Europa League matches, but they were against Steve Bruce's Newcastle and a Watford side who are very much struggling. So they have shown that after a, a Europa League match, they've tended to kind of struggle. So I think that that will be an interesting influence on the match. But yeah, I think Jamie Vardy, he will be kind of a big blow for them. He's expected to come back after the international break. So he definitely will be a kind of a, a big blow for them. Um, of course, we saw his impact that he had, you know, immediately coming back from injury and, and scoring against Burnley. So he's still a very influential figure for them. They maybe do have some sources of goals still. Of course, they've got Barnes, uh, Dakar and Lookman have all scored over recent weeks as well. But I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be quite enough for them to really start climbing the table. Um, and as I said, with given their uh, Europa League conference action this, this weekend or this week, I think that that will probably be a factor that might uh, stop them from uh, you know, winning the match on, on, uh, on the weekend. Yeah, I've got a sneaky feeling it might be a draw. I might even go for one all. Six to one at the moment, a good price. I just think with Brentford on the up and up, Leicester, you just don't know really, do you? As you say, Jamie, with the European action in midweek as another kind of red flag, if you will. I just think Brentford might get something. And if you're that way inclined, six to one is not a bad price for the one all at all. Right, let's fast forward to Sunday's Premier League main event as Tottenham play host to West Ham. And James, if we look at the pattern of form that Spurs are currently in, that's a win, a loss, a win, a loss. You get the idea. They lost to Manchester United. Surely this is a home banker. But then again, there's the Brighton wildcard. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're edging into very dangerous territory by labelling Tottenham as home bankers. of that uncanny knack, don't they, for chucking tags like that right back in your face. And they don't have a great recent record against West Ham either. They haven't beaten them in the last three attempts in the Premier League. But the Hammers do, of course, have that Europa League second leg against Sevilla on Thursday. So that could well take a big chunk out of them. Do I trust Spurs? Not really. Am I willing to tip them to curry favour from Tottenham Hotspur supporting podcast hosts? Absolutely. Spurs win. 8-11. Fill your boots, Dan. Good lad. Right, Jamie, when you look at Tottenham... I think we can safely say that they are consistently inconsistent at the moment. Would you be tempted to have a flutter on them at the weekend? Is there any value anywhere else? What have you got for me this Sunday? Yeah, I'm going to do something very sensible and rely on the ever so reliable Tottenham to, to kind of get the job done and win. Um, I mean, look, it's obviously a side that's so unpredictable to you know at the moment. It's just very hard to know what they're going to do. As I said with Leicester, though, I think that West Ham's involvement in the Europa League could affect them. Of course, they've got this massive tie against Sevilla. Um, I think they're going to have to throw everything at Sevilla. Of course, they're 1-0 down in that. So I think that that's going to take a lot out of them. Of course, they are missing injuries, which I'm sure will get them to a little bit as well. So I think given that their injury hit at the moment, they're involved in the Europa League heavily. Um, I think that that will kind of really stretch them on Sunday. So uh, I'm going to go for Tottenham to lead at half-time and full-time um, because I think that Spurs, they'll look to get, they'll look to come up fast. They'll look to get the job done. I think they'll be playing against somewhat fatigued West Ham side and uh, Spurs to lead at half-time and full-time 
uh, is seven to four. Well, I guess in the context of even the top six race, this is a very important tie. Obviously, Spurs probably lost what we can now call the Champions League eliminator on Saturday. I think top four is probably out of reach, but if they can bounce back, maybe even get six points from the week. I know that is really wishful thinking with Tottenham's form at the moment, but at least we'll keep West Ham in range as well, considering West Ham have played more matches. There's a lot riding on that, but also, James, as Jamie said, there's also a lot of injuries at West Ham. So, Jared Bowen against Liverpool limped off. Then you had Mikel Antonio with an issue against Sevilla in the first leg of their Europa League clash last Thursday. Do these double absences have the potential to really derail their season? Uh, you know, if, if I think any team can deal with those kinds of absences outside the top four, then I'd have to go with West Ham. The Shrimp is a team that are very much about the collective unit. And, you know, well, they don't have an out-and-out goal scorer on the bench. They don't particularly have a potent striker even when Antonio does play so I think they can live without him for a few games and after the Spurs match they face Everton, Brentford and Burnley so perhaps a good time for them to pick up a couple of minor injuries and I think by the time they head to Chelsea after the international break in late April then I think both of those players will be back and firing. Well Jamie like Leicester as you mentioned West Ham are also in European midweek action they prepare for that second leg meeting with Sevilla can they overturn their 1-0 deficit? Mm. Yeah, I think that there will be potential for that as well. I think Sevilla, they've been fairly good defensively this season. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, they managed to kind of cope with West Ham. Of course, we saw them cope very well um, in Spain last week. Of course, they managed to keep the clean sheet, which I think will be very crucial for them. But look, I think they're a side that are just so full of experience. I think I, I mentioned on the last podcast, I think that experience will just stand them in such great stead for, for this competition. You know, they're the record holders of it. Um, we saw last night, you know, maybe you'd have fancied Manchester United to get the job done, but Atletico Madrid used all their experience. And I think it will be kind of a similar situation with this one. I think Sevilla will kind of have that, you know, know-how of, how in, of getting through uh, knockout stages. I think that that will ultimately stand them in good stead. But I think West Ham, they also showed that they can live without um, Jared Bowen. They, of course, got two goals uh, on the weekend against Aston Villa, who have been in fairly good form. So they've got goals in them. But I think ultimately, Sevilla, they're a side that are doing fantastically well in the league. at the moment, as I said, they're a side who are strong defensively and, and kept a clean sheet in the last round. So I think West Ham will have a few issues on, on Thursday in trying to score against them. Yeah, I think for West Ham, unfortunately, their road to Sevilla will come to an end. And of course, Sevilla are the home stadium, or they're going to be hosts for the final if they get there. So if they do get there, it might be a case of lumping on for a seventh, either UEFA Cup or Europa League success for the Andalusian outfit. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score from both of you this week. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So James, I'll start with you. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory for Leicester over Brentford this week. And the Foxes won eight of the last nine meetings between the two. Three of the last four wins have seen the Bees find the net. And two of those games ended 3-1. So you can get that once again at 18-1. to Wow, that is a big punt. Jamie, <laughs> I think that's the biggest one we've had yet. But Jamie, what correct score are you going for this weekend? Yep, I think it's actually one that's already been mentioned on this show. I think James mentioned it earlier. I've gone for Wolves to win 1-0 against Leeds. Um, that's 8-1, to one. I've got that. Uh, Leeds, they failed to score in, in two of their matches under Jesse Marsh, of course. As I said, they did score against Norwich, but um, you know Norwich are obviously a side that are in shocking form at the moment. And then, of course, you look at Wolves. That Again, I've, I mentioned earlier, they are a side that have kind of been low scorers, but I think they will have enough quality to to kind of get the, you know, to beat Leeds. Um, so I'm backing them to win 1-0 at 8-1. More sensible shout, but who knows? 
who knows which one will come in. Best of luck to you both, of course. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, it's time to get up for the FA Cup once again. And let's start with Middlesbrough versus Chelsea. Now, James, the Blues' bid to play behind closed doors has been dropped, thankfully. And this means that the Royal of the Riverside will be there for all to see. Will Chelsea be able to silence championship opposition? Well, despite lack of away fans, you'd say they have to still be favourites. Although it is a tricky one. They, of course, have to get the mega bus to the Riverside, the poor little things. And this is on the back of a Champions League clash away at Lille. So I'm not overly keen on backing Chelsea at 1-2. I think Borough plus 2 is a good shout at 4-6. to six. So Mainly because I can't really see Chelsea blowing this Borough side away. And they're also really strong at the Riverside. They've won the last nine at home. So this potentially does look like a double chance candidate to me. And a home win or draw is available at around 15 to 8. And I think that's going to be a popular bet this weekend. And of course, Jamie, we know very well what Middlesbrough can do in this competition. And it shouldn't be forgotten that not only have they dumped out Spurs, they dumped out Man United. Can they strike lucky for a third time this weekend? Yeah, look, I'm kind of with James on this one. I think that maybe they will just about get the job done. They are still definitely favourites for me. I think if you look at Tottenham and Manchester United, they've been two very unstable sides this year. They're two sides that are definitely in transition still. So I think they're there to take advantage of, and and Middlesbrough did exactly that. You look at Chelsea recently, um, of course, with all the news surrounding Roman Abramovich, they do look kind of really united on the pitch still. So... I think ultimately they will have just enough. But I think Middlesbrough are going to cause them problems. Of course, we saw Luton do that as well. Um, I think, you know, they certainly would not have done themselves any favours with that statement um, coming out and trying to get the game paid behind closed doors. Because ultimately, you know, Middlesbrough, they don't have any involvement in in kind of the ownership of, of Chelsea. So why should their fans suffer? So... Their fans are going to make that a really difficult place for them to come. I'm sure that will be a you know a really tricky atmosphere to go and play at. So I'm definitely expecting a tough game for this one. So I'd actually go for maybe similar to, to the way the Luton match went in terms of uh, Chelsea having to come from behind. So I'm going to go for Chelsea to win from behind at 6-1. to one. Interesting. Yes, I mean, we can't discount Middlesbrough at all. They're here for all the right reasons, winning FA Cup matches. It's going to be interesting. Chelsea, amongst this backdrop of sanctions and under special licence operation. It's all going to be a fantastic mixing pot for the FA Cup and who knows what might happen. But James, let's go to Selhurst Park now as Crystal Palace play host to Everton. Patrick Vieira's men are 11-1 to to lift the trophy. Would you fancy a pound on that right now? You certainly would because they won't be 11-1 to after they beat Everton. The price sure to tumble and they could well get a favourable draw in the semi-finals. You never know. Palace gave Everton a 3-1 hiding back in December at Selhurst Park and with the Toffees on their arse at the minute, with Palace hitting a bit of a purple patch, you'd have to say that 23-20 to for the home win looks like absolutely brilliant value this weekend. Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot may depend on what Everton do in midweek. They might have a bit of buoyancy after perhaps getting the better of Newcastle. It might just give them a bit of steam. But, of course, you would make Palace the rightful favourites. And, Jamie, in terms of Palace, progress is certainly being made at the club. And it does seem as if Michael Elise is the new crown jewel. Obviously, there's been a lot of focus over the years on Wilf Sahar, Conor Gallagher, the loan signing, whether he stays for another season, next season, we don't know. But Michael Elise certainly will. What can you get on him to score any time this weekend? Yeah, as you mentioned there, I mean, they've done some fantastic business recently. Palace, of course, you know, Eze, um, of course, Conor Gallagher, Gaye, I think. The, so they've made some brilliant signings. And of course, Michael Elise, for me, is probably the pick of the bunch. From an England perspective, I'm really hoping that kind of the FA and Southgate are really working to get him playing for England. Of course, there is the opportunity for him to also play for for the French national team. So I hope there's definitely the groundwork going on behind the scenes there to get him tied up for England. 
I mean, he was a serious steal at eight million pounds. And I find it kind of really bizarre that, you know, Palace, they had seemingly a free run into to getting him for eight million pounds. I think that that was you know, a great bit of business for them. You know, this he, I think he's a brilliant player, at least there, of course, a guy who's got the ability to cut in and shoot. Of course, saw that against Middlesbrough where he scored that fantastic goal um, at the Den. Um, you know, he has four goal involvements in the competition already. So, you know, he's, he's obviously really kind of taken to this competition. Um, he's some way down the list in any time goal scorers. Um, he's 15 to four to score any time. And he's also 10 to one to score first. So I think that that's, that's fairly decent value for him. And especially given his form in the cup this season um, and how good he is. I think that that's a fairly decent shout. Off to the South Coast now, and Southampton will perhaps be glad that they have a break from the Premier League. Three straight defeats in the top flights. James, not the best preparation for the visit of Man City at the weekend. No, but back-to-back 0-0 draws for Man City isn't great prep for Pep either, although I do think they'll steam through this Southampton side of the weekend. No goals in 180 minutes for City means they'll probably do a few now, and I think they'll take their frustrations out on the Southampton side, who's... Only two clean sheets in the last 21 games have come against lowly Everton and Norwich City. So, as far as bets concerned, I like City minus 1.5 at 5-6. to six, And also over 2.5 City goals can get that at 5-4. to four. With that said, Jamie, they have already met twice in the league this season. And there have been two draws. Could you see this one requiring extra time? Or do you think there'll be a winner in 90 minutes at St Mary's? Yeah, look, I, th- I think it's very kind of tricky to back the Saints right now, given their recent form. I mean, they've suffered some bad defeats recently. Of course, they've lost twice at home um, in the last two, losing against Watford and Newcastle. They, of course, also lost 4-0 against Villa as well. So they're a side who are in really shocking form right now. So I definitely can't back them at all. And I think Man City, as James said, I think they'll easily get the job done uh, or they'll comfortably get the job done. Um, they'll, of course, be desperate to avoid extra time as well. They won't want any added strain on, on their squad, of course, with you know their involvement in Europe and, of course, going for the title as well. I think they'll want to get the job done efficiently um, and quickly uh, against Southampton. So I think it'd be a fairly convincing win. So I'm going to, uh, my shout for this one would be Man City to win by two goals. Um, and I've got that three to one. Okay, let's go to Nottingham Forest in the final of our four FA Cup quarterfinals. They play host to Liverpool. Like Middlesbrough, they've also dumped out two Premier League teams already on the road to the last eight. James, what odds have you got for me for another giant killing on Sunday? Well, you can get 11-1 to 1 for Forest to win in 90 minutes, but you can take the draw out of the equation entirely and go for them to qualify instead at 7-1. to 1. So I'd probably recommend going down that route if you do fancy Forest to spring it of a surprise. But I think this is another kettle of fish compared to the sides of face so far. Liverpool are flying and... Even when they play the reserves, they tend to deliver as well, don't they? But the away win in 90 minutes does very little for me, actually, at 3-10. to 10. So I'm certainly siding with Forrest in the value department, which, as a Derby fan, is very difficult for me to say. Jamie, in terms of Liverpool to win, they're only 3-10, to 10, so that's not going to really threaten the bookies in any way. If Jurgen Klopp rings the changes at the City ground, could both teams to score be worth your consideration? Yeah, I mean, look, that Nottingham Forest, as we mentioned, you know, they have been in great form in this competition. Um, you know, at home, they've also, you know, they've averaged one, 1. 1.5 goals um, in the league this, this season. So they've certainly shown that they've got goals in them, um, you know, at, at the city ground, of course. And then as well, you know, the score versus Arsenal, we've got four versus Leicester, two versus Huddersfield in this competition. So I think they've definitely got, you know, they're definitely capable of scoring. Uh, it's one to one for both teams to score. But for me, I think Liverpool, they're going to be too strong. So I'd say probably the best shout would be Liverpool uh, to win and both teams to score. And that's at around 15 to 4. 
Okay then, that's the FA Cup wrapped up. I've forgotten the small matter of El Clasico on Sunday, so let's not forget that. Let's talk about that in just a bit of detail. James, it's not quite the fixture which had the needle of the past, you know, the big Ronaldo-Messi era. That's kind of dissipated long since their departures. So, with that said, it is a game still full of pantomime. There'll be plenty of that at the weekend, no doubt. Any interesting tips that you've got for me? It's an interesting one, because Barcelona are obviously not the side they were a few years ago, but Xavi is quietly rebuilding his side and getting some decent results out of the bag. You know, despite a rather disastrous start under Ronald Koeman at the start of the season, they're now in a pretty good spot to qualify for next season's Champions League, and they might well fancy their chances at the Bernabeu, but... Real don't lose at home all that often, do they? It's just one loss, in fact, on home soil in the last 14 months. And they've also won the last five in all competitions. So I just think Los Blancos will go over the line here. And they're good odds to do so. They're just better than evens at 11-10. to 10. Barca, very much a side on the up. But this game's still perhaps a touch too early for them in regards to their development as a unit. And Jamie, there is no doubt that Barcelona are finding their feet under Xavi. Although it's too late for a La Liga tilt this time round. 12 games unbeaten in the league. 9-4 to four to win at the Bernabeu. Does that take your fancy at all? Yeah, I mean, look, Barcelona, as we said, they're, they're rebuilding quite nicely at the moment. You know, they've got a clear identity of the way they want to play a game with Xavi. Um, certainly, you know, doing a very good job with that. They've, of course, got some great young players coming through, which we always mention, the likes of Gabi, um, Pedri and Sufati. So some some fantastic young players coming through. But in terms of this fixture, you know, both sides heading in, in fantastic form. They both won five of the last six um, the big thing for me is that Benzema, he's a doubt for this one. Um, uh, that that could potentially be a big blow for them. He suffered a, uh, an injury on the weekend. Um, he so he's, and of course he's been in fantastic form recently as well. So he, losing him would would definitely be a big blow for them. He's got five goals in his last four La Liga matches. Of course, got that fantastic hat trick against PSG, so that would be a big blow for them. The last time they were without Karim Benzema, they were only to get able to get a nil a goalless draw with Villarreal. So I think if Benzema was not to be involved, that would definitely swing in Barcelona's favour. Um, but I think you know, as, as James mentioned just there, I mean their home form um, at the Bernabeu has been fantastic. You know, they've lost just twice all season and they're undefeated at home. So I think it's going to be very tricky for Barcelona to get anything. So I'm kind of looking at, you know, if Benzema is out, I, I don't think Barcelona will have enough to win it. But maybe a draw would, would be fairly good value. And uh, that's at around 14 to 5. Right, our final bit of business is the odds on threefold. We pick a leg each and combine it into an acre. We're going to try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens and see if we can get another combined winner over the line. I'll start this week. I'm going to go for Chelsea at, I think it's one to two now. I think it's just shortened to win in 90 minutes over Middlesbrough at the weekend. I think we kind of surfaced as to why, so I won't duplicate that. So, James, over to you. Yeah, I'm going to drop into League One. I'm going to go for Plymouth to beat Accrington. Argyle have heaved themselves back into the playoff places after winning the last four without conceding a goal. While Stanley, they're not doing too well away from home. They haven't won since November on their travels. So you can get the home win at 19-20, to 20, so just short of evens. OK, then. And, Jamie, what have you got for me, mate? Yep, I've gone for QPR to beat Peterborough at 8-15. Um, of course, you know, QPR, they did get that big win on the weekend against Luton. They won late on against a, a side who were also chasing the playoff spots. So they kind of look like they may, might be back in some sort of form. Peterborough, they are rock bottom of the division. Um, and they're still, they're just in really, really poor form at the moment. So I think a QPR one's a, a pretty safe bet uh, on the weekend. Good shout. Let's hope they all get over the line and we are once again celebrating another odds on threefold. Right, that brings us to full time. So I need to do the admin before we wrap up. 
As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Absolutely. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yep, all good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.